I'm Joshua Simon. I'm Sam Joe. And we are the, the SG Boys. Boys. That little gay podcast from Singapore. Subscribe and find us on Instagram at the SG Boys. With us right now is a very special guest that I've had the pleasure of watching from the audience. But Sam Joe, you've actually worked with her. You've shared a stage with her. Yeah, I can't believe it. I mean, not at the same time. That would be the ultimate honor. Can we but... arrange that? Can we do like a Moulin Rouge, like a Lady Marmalade thing, or a duet with the two of you? Ooh. But what a lot of people don't know is that, yes, a lot of people see her on stage, but it's the moments backstage, and I'm sure we'll get more into this in a bit, but it's moments backstage, which I really cherish a lot, and I'm so on it, and so happy to have on our podcast, Gagdina Boo! Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me, Joshua. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Sam Joe, thank you so much. No, thank you for coming all the way in the rain. Honestly, you know, let me tell you, this is like, it's very humbling experience, like for the new generation to be accepting of this old bitch coming here and talking (laughs) on your podcast. It's like, uh, it's an honor, really. Anytime I have a chance to speak to someone from the LGBTQ plus community who's come before me, who's lived and loved before I was born, who's seen how Singapore used to look like, uh, how people used to treat each other, I think it's always a powerful opportunity for us to learn. And, and I think that's what today is going to be about. I yeah. wish I could impart. I think I will. And I can impart yes. that knowledge and experience I have. Absolutely. School us, educate yeah. us. <laughs> um. Well, before we actually get into that, I have to know, because I have not been seeing Sam Jo. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of Jojo Sam Claire. How's that? Situ- we're we're going to spill the tea right in front of him. What? <laughs> Sam Jo, uh, off stage or on stage? <laughs> because there is a difference. <laughs> okay, let's start with on stage. So let's start on, with on stage, a dynamite explosive extremely talented extremely creative from my point of view yeah you will go all the way <laughs> i'm truly impressed yeah thank you yeah. nina thank you i mean yeah <laughs> what did i pay you to do this josh no no, no, no cause, <laughs> really because the first time i saw you doing the that competition thing for commotion yeah. and i was like who is this why have i not seen this before yeah. So yeah. for some context For people who don't know Like I started this journey Like by taking part In a competition A contested commotion Organised by Becca de Bass Right And Nina was actually In the audience As one of the judges mm-hmm. So I will always remember Before we went on Like all of us Were like freaking nervous And then I remember You came backstage And you actually said Hi to us And you know And we knew that You were going to be The judge But we were like we were like, Oh my god the, Why is she coming to Talk to us like you know, like you are in your own level, and that was my first taste of how warm all the queens are. Because prior to that, it was like watching you on stage, Correct. right? And it's like you're always so fierce and like booms, and yeah. you know the makeup so fetched and sometimes very bitchy looking, yeah. but like deliberately. So for you to like come over and show that warm side, it really actually helped calm a lot of our nerves and might have helped. Yeah, yeah perform that night. So he's actually been talking about that. I think that motherly instinct. Yes, I think I, which I do. Yeah, I I think I have that because I do not have a good experience during my time as a p- performer when I started. It was a cutthroat business. You just tell you off to your face without thinking what you feel or think. But what would they tell you off? They would just. Do you think you can carry this? Dress. Do you think you're good enough? Really? I don't think you'll make it in this line, you know? 
I've had these experiences throughout my journey and I really do not want the new performers or the new generation to be feeling that way, to be experiencing that because I think it's not a great experience to go through. I want to praise that because we'll hurt people hurt people, yeah. right? Some people continue that nastiness, that chain, and you broke that reversed it by instead being nice yeah. and kind and you show grace to someone like Sam Jo. Yeah. I, I just believe that, you know, you need to earn your respect. Mm. You've got to love to get love. Don't you think so? Yeah, I believe yeah. so. Yeah. I think that's the way, the, that's the way the world should go. Give, you get what you deserve. But mm. when you said that you had those like rough experiences mm. and people telling it to your face, yeah. I'm not necessarily asking for names, no, no, but no. like, um, <laughs> do you think those experiences actually in turn help you become who you are today? Because in a way, you learn the hard way. Yes, definitely. Know? Those remarks and experiences I've had uh, actually makes me who I am now. It's like when I, just an example, if I were to choose a song for a performance, no, you can't do that. You're not beautiful enough. You're not tall enough. I think you should just do comedy number. So I go to that route, you know. I do comedy and I concentrate on doing a character song which makes people laugh and it's more effective. Do not do these pretty songs like those Mariah or the Celine. Actually, it's quite hurting at that particular time. But as it goes along, right, I was thinking like, I'm doing a character song and I'm making people laugh, you know. You're entertaining and it's, them. Yeah, that's the most uh, satisfying experience and feeling I have. I don't bother. It's okay. Yeah, you're- so it became So it became me. You that, were able to make lemonade yes. out of the lemons Correct. that people served you. Yeah, I can't believe that someone actually told Nina of all people that she can't be a Mariah and she can't be a Celine. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. At that particular time, it was. Because if you watch Nina on stage now, you can go to any of the right drag shows or any of the cabarets that she's in. She's in a very busy woman, by the way. <laughs> so, <laughs> she's booked. Yeah, I'm she's blessed. booked. I'm she, blessed. She's booked to the heavens and <laughs> she's performing really, literally almost every other night. Yes. Right, right. But every time you walk on stage and I say that not just as someone who's worked with you and who's observed you backstage, but all of my friends are so, you know, like, Hulin, for example, for instance. <laughs> Thank you, Hulin, if you hear this. <laughs> Who is like her number one fan. Oh. Um, gets her flowers and everything. Yeah. <laughs> she has some stalkers. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you are that epitome of stage beauty. It's kind of strange now when people say beauty, stage beauty. Because when they say it in my time, you are not pretty enough, you're not tall enough. It's a traumatizing experience that I have till now that I'm, I have difficulty doing a beautiful, pretty number. I have problem doing this. Okay. And people keep telling me around, oh, you're beautiful, you're this. You know, but the generation now is so, is so loving. They are just... I do not know whether they are telling me the truth or not, but I keep telling myself like, no, the past was telling me I'm not beautiful. I yeah. cannot do this song. So it's very traumatizing for me. Yeah. Well, I assure you, you're beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I assure you. And and you don't have to, to do a full routine oh, in God. front of us. Uh, we you, feel the beauty. And I think there is no such thing as sort of truth when it comes to that, you know, because everyone has different standards of beauty and what they follow and their perception of it. Yeah. You know, what matters is your truth. Yeah. You know, what matters is your definition of beauty and and 
all we've been getting so far is you being kind to Samjo. You've been kind to us on this show. And I think our listeners can hear that in your voice as well. I think your beauty shines through yeah. audibly. Thank you so much. Because you know? I kind of, I think the first impression people would see me on stage, intimidating. <gasps> can I come to her and say hi? Most of them are afraid. But I need to show them that I am not the persona I am on stage. What do you think it is about drag queens that people are so afraid of? Because once upon a time, I, you can't imagine Sam Joe being shy, right? But yes. I would be that shy person like, let me tell you this. I want to take photo, you this, know, she's so this, gorgeous, but yeah. never mind, never mind. Then, but then before I know it, you are like, you know, hopping into a cab and I was like, oh, damn it, I lost my chance. Yeah. <laughs> let me tell you, the new generation always think that our generation is very arrogant and intimidating. I think most of the performers that is in my generation would want people to have respect them mm. and just to like, you know, bow down. Is it the makeup or what? Like the, why why are some of the audiences get the whole, of- I think the aura that we have. I hope not in a bad way for me. As someone who's only been in the audience uh-huh. for shows like these, I do feel intimidated, but it's not a bad intimidation. So I think not something bad. Absolutely not. I think I feel that with even watching a musical on stage because there's no barrier, you know, but there's the elevation of the stage. And I think there is something very powerful about sitting in the audience and then seeing a stage in front of you. And, and we've seen that grip on an audience for centuries, mm-hmm. you know, when we completely forget we're sitting down, we're in a room watching a show. Instead, we believe the characters. Because it's not like a screen, a movie, you can approach us, you can come into the audience. That scares me. Yeah. You know, even if I know Sam, like I know Sam Joe and I watch Sam Joe perform, I would be terrified if he comes over to me. Because <laughs> when because Sam- my makeup is terrifying, yes, <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, it's a different persona. It right? is. It, his energy is different yes. and you feel it. And and that's why I can I can talk about his performance on stage in a very constructive manner because it's almost like I don't see Sam Joe anymore. I see Jojo Sam. Yes, correct. You know, and it's the same thing. You know, like when I, I I'm sitting in front of you right now and I'm asking you these questions. We're having a conversation, but I also remember watching Nina and that person. I, I only want to watch from a distance and adore and appreciate the art. Oh, and to cross that seems scary because I don't want that illusion to be broken oh, as well. You know, I think okay. there's a, a. It's the appreciation I think for the the medium. Oh, yeah. thank you. I, I'm, yeah. um, it comes from you. At least I know. Because I, I, I do not want to have that intimidating, negative aura. No, you I know? don't believe yeah. that. Yeah. But I you don't. don't. I mean, yeah. that first impression, I think a lot of people have uh, breaks on very quickly. The moment you open your mouth and yeah. you talk to people yeah. and the moment, you know, or even when you're done with the show, because Nina always removes her makeup <laughs> immediately. <laughs> like, yes. unlike the rest of us, we're very hell, right? So we keep it on and everything. Just like, <laughs> we are trained that way since day one so it's a normal thing for me that's the way I was trained to be as a performer whatever is on stage is on stage when you're done watch your makeup and be you so there's no armor there people still know you are the one performing Mm. so there is no facade so I know we're going on and on about this makeup thing but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean you got a drag queen I, 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 you got a drag queen on the show let's talk about makeup right um, 
So have you tried the new Kajal eyeliner by Victoria Beckham? I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> she goes on and on about it on her Instagram. But you remember that scene in Devil Wears Prada where Miranda Priestley is always fierce, 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 right? Uh-huh. Andy ends up at her house because she had to deliver the book and then catches her crying without makeup on. Okay. Because yeah. I think her husband just asked for a divorce, remember? Mm-hmm. Now that scene was like, oh my God, you saw Miranda as... Her. The devil But then now With the makeup strip You actually see her As a human Yes And Not that you're the devil yeah, You're no, far I, from I, it I, I understand But in a way That Correct. makeup puts up a front right? yes. Like you know That kind yeah. of like You styling your image And everything But the moment That's all done and dusted And packed away Yeah, yeah it's You're the, a person Like everyone else yeah. Exactly right You're taking off The warrior paint The mask yeah. To me it's a mask To amp up my personality But not to Cover myself up Mm-hmm. And so that's why you're tuning into this episode because we're going to delve more into Nina as a person. Exactly. <laughs> Who is Nina when she's not on stage? Actually, I think that's yeah number one question that a lot of people have in their mind. I have never thought of myself becoming a performer or entertainer. I'm more interested in theatre and I was doing radio uh, for the TCS when I was... Yeah, 12. Wow. Yeah, I had a, like a contract with them for three years. And then when I transitioned, it was quite a difficult time for me because at the particular time, the theatre wanted me to do a part where I have to bear my body as a warrior. And I backed off and just disappeared. So, yeah. So, uh, and a friend of mine was asking me, do you want to do a backup dancer for this impersonator Madonna from Singapore? So, I said, I'm not a dancer, but you can move well. Um, Okay, I can replicate. Okay, let's do. So, from there, I do and I was spotted by someone from the Tiffany Dolly's uh, group in the eight in the ninety in the eighties. So they will hired me to be the dancer, backup dancer, not a performer. And we had this group like the Boom Boom Room has an anniversary, so why not we gather five person and do a Spice Girl? So I said, Oh okay, fine, let's do it. Ooh. So we did the anniversary Boom Boom Room in nineteen ninety Nine ninety eight, and uh, I did the performance, and the artistic director approached me like, "Can I have you to perform for me?" Boom boom, like, no experience. I'm just a backup dancer. So she said, "We will train you." So it started from there. So we, I started from as a backup dancer to a impersonator to a stand up comedian to a singer, and then I got a chance to do TV and radio. A lot of other things <laughs> You know It sounds like You were meant to do All these things Right But yeah. When I was asked To do all these things They do not give me A choice To say To think about it It's like Nina You do this Nina You do this There is no Option for me Like Can I think about it Right My personality Or my character Is like You ask me to do a job I have to deliver the job Whatever it is Wow So but it's good for me, you know. I have the experience. I did not say no. I just do it, see how I, how well I do it. But it turns out good. You didn't have the luxury of picking and choosing your yeah. gigs. We are told what to do. Wow. Being the me, after you, after I wash up my makeup, go and grab at home, I'm a very reserved, quiet. I'd rather spend my time with my in my house with my family, cook food. 
I rarely go out to eat. I enjoy myself sitting at home watching my Netflix, uh, spending time with my nephew and my sister and my two cats, and that's it. Well, I want to get to know that person <laughs> a little bit more yeah. on this show. Yeah. Uh, if I may also ask, uh, apart from Nina, is there a name I can uh, refer to you as when uh, I speak about that person? Mm, Nina. Just Nina? It has been Nina. Okay. Yeah. I have some questions for Nina then, right? Uh, what's your favorite dish to cook in the kitchen? Lemak cili padi. Lucky you didn't already. Yeah, and and what is your favorite film of all time? Saw. Are you? S- I cannot no imagine. Way. What? Nina. Is it something else we need to know about? <laughs> yeah. Nina. Yeah. Final like- Destination. Saw. My favorite. So you love that kind of slasher. Yeah, I love. What is your favorite place in Singapore? My favorite place in Singapore. I'm so sorry, but it's home. It's home. This is. I have no no favorite. In your opinion, then, uh, what's your favorite neighborhood in Singapore? Uh, Actually, I can never get over my old neighborhood, which is Tangling Hot Chap Lao Commonwealth, where I was born and raised and stayed there for almost 40 years. So when I moved to Yishun, it was like a culture shock. Oh, it's so crowded. (laughs) I hate crowd. Honestly, let let me tell you, I hate crowd. I'm very claustrophobic. Mm. Okay. Tangling Hot Chap Lao is like yes. uh, sleepy, old, yes. very old flat. Correct. And, like, and very quiet, quiet neighborhood. And you talked about theater earlier on, right? Yeah. If you had the chance to be in a Broadway production. Uh, if I got a chance. Is there a dream role that you've yeah, always um, wanted? I want to be me. I want to do a musical about showgirl in Singapore. Wow. wow. Biopic. <laughs> Nina, this is Nina's story. Let's turn it into a freaking musical. Yeah. It's it's not a, it's not a, a beautiful road, but people need to know the hardships we go through. Me as a trans woman, me as a performer, and how the public perceive us or see us and decide to think what they think of us, you know? Mm. Uh, Nina, by the way, is uh, 54 years young. Five. 55? Yes. So you're 1967. Yes, 1967. Becca makes you out to be like some dinosaur. Yeah, I'm Very a big. dinosaur. <laughs> she, uh, Becca should just say I'm a cockroach. Basically, yeah. <laughs> she's, just, she's still around. Since. You cannot get rid of a cockroach. <laughs> <laughs> you have obviously a lot of experience and so many untold stories. And that's really why we wanted you on this podcast also because... You have been around and I feel like you have seen so many things and been through so many things. Mm-hmm. You've hinted that also backstage, but every yeah. time I want to ask you more. Yeah. But because we are getting ready for a show and you are so tense whenever you want to start to do a show. <laughs> and you're like, like anxiety. And it's, it's not anxiety, it's the adrenaline. Yeah, yeah. Can you you're not get confused with this anxiety and adrenaline? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Learning to tap into that more. Could you maybe, I don't know, whatever you're comfortable sharing, right? Like, share with us more about how it was like like you know you growing up not just as a performer but like you coming to who Nina is mm. now actually it's quite um, quite a big turnaround because if you were to look at myself when I was young I was such an introvert I would look at the ground walking and I would not dare to actually talk or make a conversation with anyone so that's how I push myself. I actually tell myself 
I cannot do this. I am a performer. I need to mingle. I need to start opening my mouth and talking to people. It's a practice, everyday thing. If I do not improve myself in my confidence level in talking to people, I will not make it in the entertainment world. So I'm now that person, yet I'm still very humble. Mm -hmm. I still put my feet on the ground, yet that persona I have on stage is still there. So it's a balance of both worlds. Okay. Yeah. Mm. That is your, you on stage, that is your Sasha Fierce, right? Yeah. Because yeah. Beyonce also, she's, yeah. in person, she's quite shy. Yeah. Nina, what was it like being a trans person in Singapore back then? You need to be passable. You need to be blend in with the crowd. I just realized at that particular time when I go out, if I behave myself, then people will not disturb me. What is behave yourself? Behave as in not loud, in behavior and the way you walk and the way you talk. That is, that's how I think of it. Because during that time, it's like you need to behave yourself and dress well and not provocative kind of dressing where people will look at you like, oh, this is a prostitute. They would always think that way. So you need to behave well, dress well, to blend in with the crowd and and they will accept you. Was there a support system or resources that helped you to understand then no. who you are? It's just among our sisterhood. No, we don't have resources. So we are just living the life every day, supporting each other, being street smart. I do not go to that path where I was doing nightlife. I want my family to be proud of me. So I always have a job. And I have no issue of people looking at me like, oh, you're very feminine, huh? but when they give me like a waiter's costume, right? Waiter's outfit, I just wear them. I just tighten my vest and it looks more feminine. But I'm a good worker, you know? So that's the plus point that my employer cannot see anything. Because wow. I'm a good worker and I come to work every time. So it's, you just have to behave. Like I say, you just have to behave yourself well. Did you feel like that was, I mean, in a way, compromising who you were? Or no, because I'm, you were shy back then also, that, yeah, actually, correct. that actually worked for you? Because yeah. what I'm getting is that society didn't particularly favour, and history has shown that, favour people, even people like us now. Yeah. And I think when you said, you know, you have to behave, yeah. I think that is also still a level of shame that I think society wants to put yeah. on you. You be who you are, but don't disturb me. Yeah. There's, you should keep your head down, behave, yes. you know, like don't cross the line. But what I also adore about your story so far that you've told is that you put your work ethic and your character and who you are in front Correct. first. Where if you can't accept my gender, if you can't ac accept my sexuality, you can't accept my femininity, yeah. you will have to at least respect me mm -hmm. because I'm a good worker. Yeah. I will do the job. I will deliver. I will entertain. You know, I will make you laugh. I'll make you smile. Like I said, there's no resources. We are actually pushing ourselves to be street smart mm -hmm. and how to actually live in the society. You talk about street smart and you remind me of this short convo we had also. Again, I think one of us had to rush off. Mm -hmm. But correct me if I'm wrong, but you mentioned then there were a few instances where you were just minding your own business and you were harassed by police officers. Yes. It was like after show on a Saturday night. So all of us I went, went to Changi Point. At How long ago was this? About 15 years back. Okay. Mm, so we went to Changi Point. So 2000s, 
right? About two, year 2000. 2000. Okay. okay. So we went to uh, Changi Point. At a particular time, there's a lot of trans women there, cross dresses there, you know, and then men love to go there because they want to fulfill their fantasy. And when we <laughs> we are there, and then uh, we are hanging around there after the after supper, and then the police would come and like with a van, and they like. What are y'all doing here? Oh, we just saying you have to supper. Then they pick us all up. As what I see, they pick us all up. So we went to the anti-vice. That's now they don't have so anti-vice at uh, Cantonment Road. So all of us were in the cell for overnight. What? So they you were locked up before we have to go. Right? Then they will. They have to file in a report. Then they they keep saying to us that just say lah. You solicit. I said we did not. They say. But when we say that, they write the report, then we are freed. Yeah. So they forced you to make a, 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 a uh, false yeah, confession. They, they, they always assume that a trans woman there hanging around, even though, yeah, we're wearing very sexy, but it's it's our right. We are not naked. It's traumatizing, you know? Of course. But, but um, from that experience, I try not to like, hang around at the kind of places after 12 so I will not get into that kind of uh, situation because when I was in Boom Boom Room we have to have uh, licensing from the antivirus so every three months they have to come at 2 o'clock in the afternoon we have to perform for them to see whether we are legit or not then you give the license and then next three months we perform and then they give the license renew so it's like I need to take care of my record I really try to avoid that kind of situation. <laughs> Still, um, above all, I'm glad you're safe. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you are who you are and you're still able to work. You know, yeah. you're physically well to perform and do the things you do on stage and stuff. I think, I think that's such a blessing. By the way, I am curious. What are your thoughts about RuPaul's Drag Race? Oh, wow. RuPaul's Drag Race? Because that's a show, right, that I think... Because even for for me, and, and and I'm sure many people can relate to that, where when I first started going to the gay bars at like mm-hmm. 18, 19, right? Um, it was, of course, to meet other people, hopes of falling in love. Uh, but then, of course, you'll see a drag queen and you've never seen a drag queen, right? Because before that, for me, it was like Jack New was a drag queen. Yeah. Okay. But that's, I don't really consider Jack New a drag queen now. But back then, it was the only drag I would see at Liang Si Mei Liang Po Po. Correct. Right? And then you see a drag queen, but you don't know how to react. You don't know how to behave. And we see that with a lot of queer people until RuPaul's Drag Race came. And mm. then it introduced drag properly, I think, to a global audience and also showed what rock stars they are the humans they are behind that to a point where you know i was actually talking to an older gay person today and he said your generation are you're obsessed with drag queens are why are i'm like what's wrong love drag queens we celebrate drag queens actually you know and and uh, i think history has also shown that trans people and drag queens also have been at the forefront of a lot of movements mm-hmm. our thoughts on rupaul's drag race yeah so because yeah. of that i'll always answer be the grateful. question josh you know, so because of that <laughs> i'll always be grateful okay because now i'm excited to go see drag now i am apologetic of how i used to view drag queens and i if someone says hey let's go do drag i will do it i'll try i'll give it a shot i'm not going to be so guarded uh, I'm not going to think I'm going to lose who I am or anything. Yeah. I'm actually going to like lift who I am. Um, but I also do think having spoken to a few drag queens, you have to 
pay a lot of money for a drag. Mm-hmm. I think Becca DeBuzz talks about, you know, like a lot of her drag is whatever she finds yes. around and she repurposes it. She turns it into outfits. Whereas I think nowadays drag race is very different from how drag race started off. Correct. You have to be prim and proper. You have to have a social media following. You always have to post constantly. So I don't want that kind of pressure to also be on drag queens. So I'm conflicted is what I'm saying. So there's pros and cons to this RuPaul's Drag Race thing. I agree with um, all these pros and cons in general, but I think for the most part, I am thankful. It also kind of like really informed and educated me, um, not just about drag, but also about other queer people in the world. You know, when I first started watching Drag Race, I remember I was in the US and it just happened to be one on, the ch- on one of the channels, right? And I just was like, okay, this is quite fascinating but whoa why are they talking so loudly like oh my god why is this guy so effeminate and everything and that was me yeah by the way mm. <laughs> thinking all these things i didn't understand drag basically the art of drag you know i was like huh but your makeup is so thick you don't look like a realistic woman you know because back then i didn't understand that yeah. drag isn't always about like you know being a female impersonator for instance right so i had a lot of like misconceptions it did good in educating me about why the art form is important and, and how much it means to a lot of people uh, and how empowering it can be also yeah. and that's something I have found out firsthand also especially this year when you know I went from spectator to actually yeah. trying it on for myself so many of us can watch the show and be armchair critics where and go like yeah like that's <laughs> such a mere lip sync or whatever I could have done better or that reveal was messy or whatever or that my god like the makeup sucks or whatever now I know firsthand makeup <laughs> is no walk in the park and and sometimes what you envision in your head for a performance just doesn't translate and yeah. I've so like me just starting to wade into it I have so much more respect for everyone who has ever been on the show yeah. and don't forget that's when cameras are like on you okay. the entire time right Yeah. so I can imagine the stress that comes with it also so I don't know I'm very thankful to be and a lot of my inspiration comes from the show so from some of the queens there yeah. as well as you know I love Evie Oddly right yeah. and a lot, I know a lot of people like have doubts about her or whatever but I find that she's so original and she's so yeah. unique. you know unique and and that's why when i did my car wash jellyfish number i was a tribute to her because i've never seen something like that how can you make a jellyfish costume out of trash bags that's just genius and yeah. so i wanted to like pay homage to her so yeah. evie artley i love you if you're yeah. listening and, and if i may as well i think also representation was i think a big interesting experience for me because i think when we first start watching queer media content i think a lot of it was a lot of bl like boy love of kind of shows and they all looked a certain type of skin color a certain type of built and if you look also to like art house gay films they also would look a certain type of way and then RuPaul's Drag Race was one of the first queer content where I could see people of all shapes and sizes Mm -hmm. exactly effeminate you know people who were proud of who they were and then also helping me to also understand I think that when the first drag queen on the show said they're trans that introduced me to what that life is like as well or boy drag for example that also introduced something new to an audience you know and I think also for drag queens, it's made huge careers out of a lot of these drag performers that may only command a certain amount of money at a club. And now they're doing world tours, Bianca Del Rio selling out O2 Mm. Arena. With all the controversies and drama through the years, I think what the show has done and the Emmys is one to actually pick up year after year Emmys on that global stage. You cannot help but at least show respect to what 
World of Wonder was able to do, has been able to do. What is your yeah, opinion? My opinion, RuPaul's Drag Race is good because it makes drag mainstream. Yeah. You know? But uh, I do not take much of the pros and the cons. For me, for me personally, it's uh, a learning experience for me to learn something from each and every one of them. But to input it for live performances would be totally different. Because doing something on social media, recording and pause on editing is different from doing a live show. So I concentrate more on a live performances, what could work for, work for me and what can I learn from them. You mm. get asked to be in, say, RuPaul's Drag Race, Southeast Asia, ASEAN mm. region or something, you know, would you go in and compete? No. <laughs> Why not? Um... I always tell myself I'm not good enough. Oh my goodness, oh, Nina, if you are not good enough. No, 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 but, but that's the truth. I always tell myself, I mean, maybe I'm my worst enemy. I always think I'm not doing well enough. I can do this better. I can do this better. Yeah. So I'm just my worst enemy. And I feel like I'm not good enough. So I, it's just never crossed my mind to be in the to be in it. Thank you for telling us. But see if tomorrow that opportunity actually came along and aren't you a little bit curious as to, you know... Because you did also say that you would say yes to any opportunity that comes your way. Yeah. Yeah. I was put in a situation where I cannot say yes or no. So now you like, can. Oh, now yeah. she can. <laughs> now, now, now she has a schedule. She has to so, check yeah. her calendar yeah. first. I first huh? I got Sorry, the, RuPaul, I'm not free. <laughs> I've got the chance. Can I check my schedule first? Okay. <laughs> well, I think in my response to, to what you very vulnerably shared is that I think you add something clearly to the drag scene here in Singapore. Your addition to any list of performers to a an event you mm-hmm. add something to it already so i think even if you were to be in rupaul's drag race for that season i don't even think you should worry about winning or whatever it's like you naturally will bring what nina brings you know whether it's being a mother um to everyone else around or to learn you know even if you're in just for a couple of episodes like we would root the heck out for you. You know what I mean? Because it's like, it's yeah. Nina. That's it. Like, I, I'm not, I don't care about. And that's the, actually another beautiful thing about Drag Race compared to a lot of reality competition shows where you only care about the winner. Yeah. Drag Race has never really been about that. You can fall in love with the first Shangela, the Correct. first person who gets kicked out. Shangela. As long as they come on and we get to see what they can do, we fall in love with their personality and Nina come on, right? That's it. It's true, yeah. it's true. Sometimes I just need a nudge from from the new generation. It will yeah. be that yeah, nudge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true because it's intimidating. Sometimes when like right now, when I perform for Riot, every week when I perform for Riot, the crowd is so crazy, so supportive. And every time like Sapphire Blast perform or <laughs> Jojo Sam Clare perform wow. and the scream and the, the applause from the audience is so loud. I will always think to myself like, will I get that kind of response I mean like how can I top that I always ask myself that question you know that is ridiculous my jaw is literally on the table right now because I I'm thinking that of all of you because you're like honestly right I mean I know Becca jokes about you being old and everything all the time and it's like freaking funny and I love also by the way I 
credit all props to Nina. Like she finds it so funny every time Becca introduces her. Before joke, yeah. before she goes on, she is like she is howling backstage. <laughs> she's literally rolling <laughs> on the floor. And then her song starts and she's like, okay, game face on. <laughs> but that's what I'm thinking backstage because I'm like, yeah. you have so much more experience and, and I've learned this from you also. Like, you yeah. know, if the review goes wrong, keep going because mm. what you it's notice... It's how you recover. Yeah, the audience may not notice and yeah. that's something that, you know, it's it's stuff like that which I don't know. I feel like only people with your experience and, and who are as seasoned as you would be able to bring to the stage, you know, and, and then some. And so the, now you know the the experience of doing a live drag show. It's not easy, right? Yeah, no. It's not. No. Um, but can I just nudge you also? You said like, you know, you need people to nudge you. Please do it. Because <laughs> if the opportunity does arise, not yeah. only will you be representing Singapore, you will be representing Tangling Hall. If I were to be joining, my mentality would be to participate and show my, my what I have and what I know. Yeah, it's yeah. true, Joshua. Yeah. Thank you for nudging me. (laughs) (laughs) We will be that nudge for you. (laughs) To the person that's listening to the episode right now, what would you like to say to them? Thank you so much for accepting me, loving what I'm doing. This is such an honor. You have made my life full. It's such an honor that the, uh, the, the people accept me. It's like, there's nothing else I could say. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they feel the same way about you as well. So it's a two-way street, <laughs> Nina. The love that's coming from you right now. I'm just feeling that in your energy. Is there anyone in particular you want to shout out to? My special just- shout out is definitely to Becca Dubas. <laughs> really. Without Becca Dubas, I will not be in this scene. I will not open my eyes. He's like, he opens up my eyes and doors. Thank you. <sighs> Bitch. I <laughs> love it. <clears throat> to all those people out there who haven't, you know, had the honor of like watching you on stage or like getting to know you online, where can they find you? Online and on stage. Okay, first on stage, you can find Kat Nina Boo at Riot and Hard Rock Cafe every Saturday, hosted by Becca DeBuzz. And if you want to follow me, I'm still new in social media, but you can find me at Kat Nina Boo, as in K-A-K-N-I-N-A-B-O-O. And I have TikTok. I'm so new to that. <laughs> TikTok. This is so, I'm, I'm not vain, I'm sorry, but I need to push myself. Social media is an important thing now. So follow me on TikTok at Kat Nina also I'm on Facebook but uh, only old people go to Facebook uh, <laughs> that's not true I'm not old I'm ancient but I'm still there you can find me Katnina Boo there yeah <laughs> and catch me there and say hi to me don't worry I'm not intimidating I'm nice I'm Joshua Simon I'm Sam Joe, and we are the, the SG Boys. Boys that little gay podcast from Singapore subscribe and find us on Instagram at the SG Boys. The beliefs, views, and opinions expressed on this podcast are attributable to its hosts only and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, organization, company, or individual.